Everybody, you're tuned in to another episode of the Flea Flicker Show. We are your hosts, Fred and Dre. We drop new episodes every Wednesday and Friday in the NFL season. At least we try to here in the postseason, just dropping one episode. Uh, subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social media at Flea Flicker Show. Dre, tell them what we got going on after a wild, wild card weekend. Yes, sir. Hello, lovely people. Yeah, we're going to go over the wild card games. There were some pretty wild ones that we're going to hit. And then, of course, we got four divisional round games, and they're all going to be big, fun games, except maybe one that I'll talk about. But, I mean, it could be good still, but we'll get to it when we get to it. Before that all happens, we got a little bit of news. We're going to hit some of the news that's going on with the teams that aren't in the playoffs. This week's wild card, we uh, did not have our best predictions. You and me both went <laughs> three and three. Uh, it's not terrible, yeah. but, you know, we wanted to do better. LJ went four and two. He beat both of us. Maybe he should be one LJ, of those. LJ, wow. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe he should be on the show more often. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Uh, but that's why the playoffs are so different than a regular season, because literally anybody that makes it can win. Upsets happen. Literally. On the regular. Like, I picked the Packers, and who thought the Packers were going to win? I mostly just picked them out of spite. And they can't. Can't, the Cowboys. So. Yep. And I picked the Bucks, and I I wasn't fully on board with them winning it. So. <laughs> I wasn't fully on board with the Eagles winning it, and I'm an Eagles fan. So, Fair. Um, I think you made the smarter choice there. <laughs> <laughs> it, ended up, it ended up being right. But uh, we'll we'll get to those games. Let's hit some news for now. Uh, there were a couple of new hires that happened uh, that we hadn't talked about yet. The Patriots hired Gerard Mayo to take over head coaching du- duties. Very after, quickly. Very quickly. After, what, 20, 20 plus years, I believe, with Bill Belichick. Yeah. It was, they hired him the day after. Apparently, there was a clause in the contract that Gerard Mayo signed that stated if they moved on from Bill Belichick, Gerard Mayo would become the head coach. I didn't know that yeah, was a pretty thing cool. you could I do. That either. Yeah, I guess that's a quick way to get to your next head coach. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, we'll see what he can do as the Patriots head coach. They will be hiring a general manager and a defensive coordinator for the first time in ages. So big, big change for the, the commanders. Hired a new general manager. They didn't even fire the old one yet, so that's a little strange. But... <laughs> But they hired Adam Peters, the assistant GM from the 49ers. That's a big hire. He's been a big name around the league for quite a few years now. Uh, He's been denying a lot of teams in the past few years, which is waiting for his chance. And he's going to be the first first coach or first general manager, rather, to uh, take the commanders into new waters with their new owner. So exciting news for them there. In some draft news, J.J. McCarthy, Michigan's quarterback, declared for the draft. Uh... He is seen possibly as a first-round pick. It really depends on how he looks, I would say, in the combine and in interviews and stuff because he hasn't been super impressive as a quarterback. No. But he does have some big wins under his belt, so I don't know. We'll see what Especially happens Especially during the playoffs. Like, when he was facing good teams there, he wasn't incredibly impressive. And uh, he got out-dueled in most of the games by the opposing quarterback and just got bailed out from that defense and run game. But... Uh, it'll be interesting to see how his, how his combine goes. Obviously, he has a fan in Harbaugh, so um, yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting. 
he's definitely going to get drafted. I, I know that much for sure. Um, yeah, for one sure. other, one other note about uh, the draft: Caleb Williams finally declared as well, and uh, he's got quite a bit of drama going surrounding him since the Bears have the first round pick. Apparently, he does mm-hmm. not want to go to Chicago. I have a theory about that actually. Caleb Williams has he has a lot of roots in DC. I think he's from DC, and the Commanders have the mm-hmm. second pick, and they're looking for a quarterback. So I think he's just just trying to force himself onto the Commanders. To be honest, it's wild. Uh, a team that no one wants to force himself onto, um, <laughs> but I mean they have a good receiving group already there in in DC. Depending who the head coach is there, that could be a good scenario, good fit. Um, personally, I think Caleb Williams might be a bust, but um, yeah. that's just my opinion. Doesn't show up to big games and uh, tends to get yeah. rattled in the spotlight. So. Uh, if you can't show up when when it matters, um, chances of you showing up in the NFL are pretty slim. Yeah, and him being dr- uh, dramatic before he's even drafted isn't a great sign. He could be one of those drama queen type guys. You never know. Or we could be yeah. singing him praises a year from now. Who knows? <laughs> Anything can happen, you know? Um, yeah, it could be Bryce Young, could be CJ Stroud. Who knows? Big difference. Uh, yeah, uh, let's move into some coaching interview news uh bill belichick had his first interview since being uh since separating with the patriots he interviewed with the falcons uh the falcons do need to do a little more interviewing to hit the rooney rule but i kind of expect things to start picking up there yeah, i and think then... that is how it's going to be for a lot of coaches honestly yep. i'm going to interrupt you there but i think a lot of coaches are going to see what happens there um because if the cowboys or eagles if those vacancies do pop up, those are teams with pretty readily made rosters and uh, there's not a lot of holes to fill. Uh, so whatever coach comes in, will have a pretty doable job from the get-go. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, I think everyone is looking at that before they try to make a move. Um, mm-hmm. Another coach, another big name, Jim Harbaugh, he interviewed with the Chargers as well during the Wild Card weekend and uh, – you know, I think he also could be waiting, but there is significant chatter that he's quite interested in working with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So things could happen fast there, uh, depending on what happens. And it looks like Michigan is is trying is like ready. They think he's leaving. It look, I think I, I saw a post that they they're really thinking about moving to their offensive coordinator there as their new head coach. So I think Harbaugh. And these who filled in when. He's who filled in when he was out, right? When Harbaugh wasn't wasn't coaching. I, I think the first few games they had like the D coordinator, and then the when they were closer to the playoffs, they had the O coordinator. I think they had a different different coach doing it. But yeah, he he did good when he filled in. So uh, one other note, one last note rather. Uh, Dan Quinn, the Cowboys D coordinator, right after they lost their game, Dan Quinn set up five interviews with openings mm. around the league. So. I feel like that kind of says he's leaving <laughs> or he wants to leave. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's ready. Or he wants to leave. He probably he will. He smells blood in the water uh, after that loss. Brutal loss. Brutal yeah. loss. A lot, lot more of a blowout than the scoreboard would indicate. Yeah. And we'll we'll get to that game in but a we'll minute here. Actually, let's start, let's start with the games. Saturday, 
at 4.30 in Houston, the Browns and the Texans went to battle. You know, a lot of people were saying the Browns, Joe Flacco, and that defense were going to we're gonna win this. They were very confident. I saw people saying the Browns were going to beat the Ravens in the next in the divisional round. Me and you, though, we were like, uh, what are these people CJ talking Stroud. about? Like, it, it should be a good game, but C.J. Stroud is nasty. The Texans' defense is has been really good. Like, I don't believe it. I, we both picked the Texans. So did LJ, and that's exactly what happened. The Texans took care of business. They won 45-14, to 14, and it was not very close. No, no. It was close for a quarter, and then the Texans just dominated, took control. Uh, so much so that Joe Flacco was trying to pressure passes downfield where there weren't openings. They threw two pick sixes in this. Uh, the Texans' defense put pressure on Flacco. They, 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 they dominated. In every facet of the game, they dominated uh, on defense and offense. It's the the Browns were the number one defense coming into this, and they were they didn't know what to do. They couldn't do anything against C.J. Stroud. He had a near perfect game, and the O coordinator Bobby Slowick on the Texans. This has to be a huge feather in his hat uh, for this, and he's already a head coaching candidate. I just I imagine that it opened a lot of owners' eyes in who they want to hire. So. I don't know if Bobby Sloak's going to be with C.J. Stroud next year after that one. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you might see a situation just like uh, in Philly where the, the coordinator leaves and then it's just constantly adjusting to the new coordinator that comes in. I mean, those good teams, not even just Philly. You look at Kansas City. You look at, like, any good team. Look at the Lions right now. Ben Johnson getting chatter. Teams mm-hmm. with, that are successful on offense, people are going to want to poach their offensive coordinators. Same thing for defense. It's, it's just the way it comes. Yeah, it'll be tough for the Texans, too, because Bobby Sloak is that offense there. Yeah. Um, Especially them being so young, there's not a ton of veteran leadership true. there to kind of rebound. Um, so that'll be tough losing Bobby Sloak. Yeah, Demeco Ryans, he's a defensive coach, so we'll see. They might not lose him. Maybe he wants to stick around for another year or so. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe. Um, I'm excited to see the Texans next week, though. But let's move to the Saturday night game. In Kansas City, at below freezing temperatures, the Dolphins came in to face the Chiefs. And honestly, I think the writing was on the wall from the beginning. We should have we should have known. We should have picked the Chiefs. Yeah. LJ knew. LJ knew. LJ knew. I, I should have picked them. You should have picked them. Like, after the fact, I did more research. Dolphins have never won a game when the temperature is 35 degrees or below. This game was far below that. Negative 30 wind chill. They weren't going to do anything. Uh, if you look at the stats, Tua has been absolutely rattled in cold weather. So it was the right, like you said, the writing was on the wall on this. We should have gone Kansas City. Uh, we were idiots. We didn't. Yeah, um, I think it was what the third coldest game in like NFL history. Yeah. <laughs> like, should have picked the Chiefs clearly. Did you see like uh, there were there was videos uh, where someone was grabbing a water bottle, a smart water out of a out of a container. So they grabbed it out of the cooler, and it instantly froze. So you can watch it go from the top all the way to the bottom, just instantly freezing as soon as they pull it out. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. And there were people with their shirts off running around, what? like, every NFL game. They're crazy, man. It's too cold for all that. Um, but, yeah, the Chiefs... Wellness check on those people. They might be dead. <laughs> yeah, are they okay? <laughs> but, yeah, the, the Chiefs ended up taking this 26-7. to 7. They pretty much just dominated the Dolphins. The only thing the Dolphins got going was the one, like, run from Tyreek Hill that got a score. 
that's it. They couldn't do anything. They also had a lot of significant injuries, especially on defense coming into the game. It was just it was just a bad bad spot for them. And they got more. Um, uh, more people went down this game, so uh, bad spot to begin with, and it just kept getting worse. Yeah. For the Chiefs, though, they looked pretty solid in this game. It was at home, but after struggling like pretty much all year, the Chiefs looked like a playoff team in this one to me. Rasheed Rice, he's receiver one, clearly, after this one. Clearly. He's exactly what they need. Clearly, and he's really come on here at the end of the season, and it showed out in this game. Uh, I mean, I didn't watch too much of it, but I imagine that he was uh, covered a pretty decent amount by Jalen Ramsey. I mean, who else is, he, is Ramsey going to cover? Um, so 130 yards on eight receptions, really solid outing for him, and uh, he looks to definitely be wide receiver one there. Yeah, Rasheed Rice, um, he was the best re- rookie receiver of the playoffs until after this game, but we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, yeah, Chiefs, they, they should have a tougher test next week, though. Uh, we'll get to that, though, when we do. Let's move to the Sunday games. In Dallas, the Packers and the Cowboys at 430. Um, they went to battle. Uh, most people were saying, like, they expected the Cowboys to win at home. They've been dominant all year. And uh, the Packers have... A lot of people thought that they snuck in, including me. Like, they snuck in, took the spot. They didn't exactly maybe deserve it even over some other teams, but they sure proved that they deserved it. They deserved being there. They ended up winning 48 to 32. Fred, you picked them. What what can you tell us about the game? Yeah, I uh, just didn't have a ton of faith in the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys, like people kept saying the Eagles are, which apparently is true. Uh, The Cowboys, I thought, were frauds as well. So apparently the entire NFC East is just frauds. Um, (laughs) They couldn't hang with the big boys once they got to the playoffs. Uh, I thought the Cowboys got lucky in a lot of their home games uh, that came out with W's. Uh, got lucky against the Seahawks, got lucky against the Lions. So I think that it was it was going to end up breaking there at some point. Uh, similar to how the Eagles throughout the season were winning very close games on last second play calls, under a score, coming out of top, on top. At some point, the levy's going to break there and it's going to swing the other way. And I thought the exact same thing here and um, yeah, I didn't think it would be this, but, uh, I had, I had faith that the Packers could, could make a game of this and make it pretty close. Um, they definitely, they, they, they definitely, they definitely did more than make a game of it. So, <laughs> uh, Jordan yeah. Love was damn near perfect in this game. He is officially official as the Packers new franchise quarterback. And, uh, the Packers have been spoiled, absolutely spoiled at the quarterback position. It's insane. Like, Since who is scouting quarterbacks for them? Whoever that is, I want them on my team. Like, on my yeah. – I want them in my front office. I don't care how much it costs. Like, they need to be there um, because three franchise quarterbacks, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Jordan Love, but uh, doing very well early. Aaron Jones showed out, and uh, mm-hmm. he apparently does very well against the Cowboys in his career. and. Uh, for whatever reason, he hates them Cowboys. Uh, I think it's from because he's from Texas and just wants to show out in his home state. But um, Love it. Just like Stroud, Love seems to be finding a new receiver every game. So mm-hmm. Reed was blanketed in this game, and he didn't get much love. Uh, Romeo ah. Dubs is the guy that did. Uh, seems like every game he just finds someone new, and that's what you want to see in your quarterback. Did you make that pun on purpose, or did you just kind of say it? 
just kind of said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dak and the Cowboys choked as per usual. It was freaking amazing as a Giant and Eagles fan. And, and I will uh, say, looking at a stat line, like Dak Prescott with 400 yards passing, um, that's all garbage time. All garbage time. Um, they were doing nothing this game. And then the entire fourth quarter, the Packers had their backup defenders in. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 we'll, we'll see what happens in the aftermath of all this. Jerry was pretty upset after the game. We'll see what happens with, uh, what is it, Mike, Mike McCarthy, Mike right? Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I could honestly, I could see him firing everybody, or I could yeah. also see him. He did say earlier today or late yesterday that uh, McCarthy's got like a couple 12 run seasons in a row, so he might give him an, another shot. We'll see, but he's um, definitely not a patient man. No, definitely not. And there's a lot, a lot of expectations that come there in Dallas. Uh, that yes, hasn't sir. won a playoff game in what 20 years. So. Um, 20-plus years they haven't won a playoff game, so pretty like tough. 95 or something. Yeah. I, um, I will say I received an update on this after this game, uh, and it said Jerry Jones' mom on on uh, on McCarthy Future, and I read it as Jerry Jones' mom on McCarthy's Future, and the thought process that went, in my, went through my brain trying to contemplate an interview – with Jerry Jones's mom and how she would possibly <laughs> even be alive. Um, yeah, he's like eighty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was just. I was like, what? How? No. What? She's like, one hundred and thirty. She's like the oldest woman in the world. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would be that would be a wild interview for sure. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, no, she's he's mom on that topic. Okay, got you. <laughs> All right, let's move off the Cowboys. Let's move to sun, Saturday night football, rather. No, Sunday night football. Sunday, Sunday night. night football. The best game of the wild card. We knew it going in. In Detroit, the Rams and the Lions. The the battle everyone was waiting for. Matt Stafford versus Jared Goff. Sean McVay versus Dan Campbell. Biting knees. This was a really good game. The Lions did end up winning it 24-23, to 23, and it was down to the wire. It was a fantastic game, man. Yeah, fantastic game. And uh, Puka fucking Nakua, dude. Like, he is – he's shown he's one of the best receivers in the NFL. 181 yards in a Breaking touchdown more records. in a playoff game. Like, dude is unreal. Anytime, anytime he was throwing the ball from Stafford, it was, it was a catch. He just tossed it up there. Didn't matter if he was triple covered, he would go right up and grab that ball. But um, I would argue to say that the the almost said the Panthers, the Rams actually out kind of outplayed the Lions in this game. But the Lions stood pat in the red zone and were able to force a lot of opportunities into just three points instead of seven, so or instead of six. Um, I think that's really the difference maker in this. They forced multiple field goals there, and the Rams were able to move the ball. Forcing them into field goals instead of touchdowns is really what mm-hmm. dictated the outcome of this game in my mind. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Um, and I, I would also say your assessment, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, of Puka Nakua is accurate. It seems like he is overtaking Cooper Cup at this point. Because yeah. Cup didn't do too much in this game, and it was a big game, you know? He, he did not. Like, he had a couple ta- – he had some target. targets, but – um, I don't know the target numbers. I mean, the receptions, five, not five receptions to nine receptions. Uh, it seems like every single game 
Puka's just the guy. Uh, he's like uh, the guy that's going to go up and get the ball. Uh, Cooper is the route runner that's going to break one for a touchdown, but Puka will just go up and get it. So uh, I think Stafford has a lot more confidence throwing to him in those situations where he might not have the clear open route, similar to how he used to target Calvin Johnson all the time. Just yeah, toss it yeah. up and he's going to grab it. Stafford likes his targets for sure. Listen, for the Lions, Jared Goff played fantastic. He got the Lions their first playoff win in 32 years in this one. 32 years. Wow. That is something that Matt Stafford could never do for them. And for Jared Goff to do it against Matt Stafford and against his his former coach that basically told Goff he wasn't good enough, <laughs> look, bravo, Jared Goff, bravo. The fantastic Seriously. win for him. He is Seriously. the Detroit quarterback. Yeah, and I did see uh, I did see here that uh, fans in Detroit were booing Matt Stafford's daughters. Yeah, what the heck? Uh, who are like, who are like three, six, and eight? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. wild. People talk about Philly fans, but I guess Santa's worse than uh, children. So, um, <laughs> I saw a lot of uh, a lot of Detroit fans were mad about it online, though they they were saying they love Stafford. So, I don't know. It was it was kind of weird. Um, Very yeah, weird. I love I love Dan Campbell. Basically, is I think the Lions Same. have a legit shot to make the Super Bowl. To be honest, especially since happened. Laporta is playing, which we were dumb. That was crazy. Tough, tells you that guy's tough as nails, and uh, Dan Campbell nails. gets his guys to fucking play. Um, Did you see yeah, playing a week after hyperextending his knee? That's pretty wild. Yeah, that is wild. Did you see? Did you see Stafford get like the big hit? Yeah, the it big hit, like he and he got, like, stomped out, on, and, like... It literally looked like he got knocked out for a second. Like, yeah. I was shocked he went back in. Stafford's a beast, though. Yes. We've been talking about this game long enough, though. Let's move to Monday at 4.30. The Steelers faced the Bills in Buffalo. This game had a crap load of snow. Did you see the, the videos of people, like, trudging through the snow to get to their seats? Yeah, <laughs> the, uh, the videos of the... Um like Steelers fans that were trudging through the snow and really pushing through to get to their seats. It was very funny. Uh, yeah, not because they're Steelers fans, just because it was how much snow they had to go through. Yeah, it was hilarious. Um, but yeah, the Bills ended up pretty much dominating the game. They they did leave a little on the field. Uh, they won 31-17. to 17. The Steelers had a shot to come back, but they just weren't... They didn't have enough. Like you told me while we were talking about it, like they're a quarterback away. And Mason Rudolph isn't the guy. Kenny Pickett doesn't seem like he's the guy. They could be dangerous if they had a quarterback, but they couldn't do it for this one. Bills, they had it. Exactly. Uh, one thing to note is that their linebacker that filled in for, I think it was, is it Milano? Uh, filled in for him. It was Bradford or Bradford. Um, ended up getting mm-hmm. hurt in this game and fired off. It was a high table sprain. Yeah, they they got the Chiefs coming up, so they need they need everybody to try to fi- finally take out the, those guys. But yeah, not too much to talk about in that one, I don't think. Uh, let's move to your team, though. The last game on the docket oh, in Tampa, the Bucks and the Eagles went to town. You guys picked the Eagles. I took the Buccaneers and my boy yeah. Baker Mayfield, and uh, it wasn't even really a a good game. Like I thought it'd it be good at least, but no, the Buccaneers came to play. It was terrible. Um, the Eagles, uh, both sides of the ball, like, for starters, the tackling, like, 
I've seen high school teams tackle better than tackle better than that. Like they're going out and they're trying to arm tackle. Like they're trying, they're not laying a shoulder into anybody. There's no aggression there um, on the defense from really anybody outside of the front four. Um, it looked like because they were getting into the backfield and putting pressure on Baker for uh, a decent portion of the game, which is something we haven't seen in a while this season. But um, the secondary was just getting blown up. Uh, Bradbury, dude, I thought he was good. Fucking sucks. He was uh, good on the Giants a couple of years. He was ago. good. He was good <laughs> last year, uh, but I don't know what I, for whatever reason this year. Like he got beat all day by Mike Evans. He got beat by Godwin. He got beat by Moore. Who the fuck is Moore? Uh, he got beat by uh, Trey Palmer, the rookie. Like he was getting torqued by every receiver that was covering him. Um, he lost a step. And like not only that is like he would have somebody stop in the backfield, and like not wrap up. He would just, like, push them, and then they would just bump off of him and go down and break it for 10, 15 more yards. And it's like, what are you doing? At this point, like, bench the guy and just play one of the hungry rookies. Like, I don't give a shit. Um, If they get burned, so is he. At least they're rookies. Um, On offense, though, like, there's just no life. Uh, No life. Yeah. Um, Why are there so many bubble screens? Like, I get A.J. Brown wasn't playing, but it seemed like Hurts had no confidence in anyone besides Devonta Smith. Uh, there was no design for uh, Dallas Goddard to be involved. No run plays for DeAndre Swift, even though he had like 200 all-purpose yards in the first game against Tampa. So um, really puzzling. Uh, something needs to change in terms of the coordinators and certainly the culture. And I think the culture is the biggest reason why Nick Sirianni might be fired. His, uh, yeah. his we have fun here attitude uh, is not getting it done, it looks like. Because the guys, it's not fun when you're not winning. And if you don't have a way to get those guys amped up after the fact when you're losing, it makes it really tough. Yeah, it, it definitely looked like they just, like, were giving up, up and they didn't yeah. care. Like, everyone except for Jason Kelsey, basically. He was the only yeah. one that looked like he had any care in the world to me. And apparently, uh, Williams, uh, our, our uh, Milton Williams, our backup defensive tackle, who was filling in a lot for... Um, Jordan Davis, uh, who Davis mm-hmm. only had 42 snaps, I think. and But Millen Williams was getting the backfield, stuffing Pacheco up the middle. And I'm like, all right, well, he wants his plenty of time. Give it to him. <laughs> like, yeah. That was, was like the only bright spot in my mind. But, and Josh Sweat had a couple sacks. So You got a few positives in there. Yeah, a couple positives <laughs> in there. Yeah, <laughs> Got to find the yeah, bright spots the, where, you can, where you can get them. Yeah. But no, Baker – to get away from the Eagles and the negatives, yeah. uh, Baker did look very good. He was poised uh, under pressure. He was poised. He took did take us some sacks and lost a lot of yardage in certain situations. Took them out of field goal range, which he definitely got to get better at, uh, especially uh, since he will be facing the Lions, who will definitely bring the pass rush. So, yes, sir. Um, but they can't. They can get beat by the pass. So it should be actually a pretty decent game. Um, if his wide receivers can get open. Yeah, it, I, I'm i excited for all the divisional round games, really. Baker Mayfield, though, in this one, he had better stats than Tom Brady did with any of the playoff games for the Bucks. So, like, listen, Buccaneers right. fans, is this your guy? This is your guy, Did I right? see a stat that uh, this was the Bucks' first 300-yard passer in a playoff game? Yes. That's what I saw, at least, too, unless somebody lied. I don't know. <laughs> 
Like, how I was is that shocked. possible? I was shocked. I thought Brady for sure would. I mean, have they've had won a super, They've won multiple Super Bowls. How is that possible? I have no idea. But <laughs> I mean, they Baker, they did Baker's have two guy. dominant defenses when they won their Super Bowls, but still, you got to expect at least one three hundred yard game. You would, you would expect it. Uh, the only other note after this one is uh, Jason Kelsey, your boy, did retire in the locker room, <laughs> like right he after did. the game. He didn't make any statements or anything like that. He just told his teammates, but uh, word on the street is he did retire. Um, now, he did retire last year, and then he unretired four, two weeks later. So it, will he possibly do that? I think it ultimately comes down to what happens with Travis. Um, I mean, if he goes out and somehow the Chiefs win another Super Bowl or make it to the Super Bowl, you could see him say, all right, I'm hungry for another one. Let's get back here. Let's grind. And not only with Travis, I think it also depends on what happens with the Eagles coaching staff. Uh, you could see if there is like some type of legendary coach that comes in or high profile coach, uh, you could see them pull him out of retirement. If he has confidence, they can take this team to the next level. Yeah, we've, we've been talking about it for quite a few weeks now. Uh, I at least, I think you are on the same page possibly, but I'm, I think both Kelsey's are gone. I think, you know, their podcast is hitting. Travis got Taylor Swift money now, basically. Like, yeah, come on Taylor now. Swift money. What he do they need? He doesn't need yeah, it. Yeah, no money. <laughs> yeah, that wraps up the wild card. Yeah, so mixing it up a little bit, we're just going to go right into the playoff games, right? Yes, sir. The first playoff game on the docket, Saturday at 4.30 in Baltimore. The Texans and the Ravens are going to go to battle, and I am excited for this game. Listen, the Texans, they have never won a divisional round playoff game in their history. This is huge for Houston, baby. Yeah, this should be an interesting game. Uh, Ravens, clearly the Super Bowl front runner. Um, I, don't, I don't really know what to make of this game. It, it honestly should be pretty close. Um, honestly, like that, your mind tells you, pick the Ravens. Uh, they are the number one seed for a reason. But it's it's tough to do that. Uh, the way the Texans are playing, the way C.J. Stroud is playing, they can do it. What do you think? Can can they do it? I Will think it? they can. I really think they can. Listen, maybe we're just giant C.J. Stroud fans, and this is what we want to happen. I don't know. But the Texans just manhandled the best defense in the league. The Ravens have to be nervous about that. If they, I'm sure they watched the game. Um, yeah. The Ravens. They are getting Mark Andrews back, I believe, for this game, so that could make a difference. Him and uh, Isaiah likely could be going off. Um, but I honestly think that the Texans not only can hang with Lamar and the Ravens, but I think they can take them down in Baltimore and head to their first-ever conference championship. I'm doing it. I don't know if you're with me, but I'm picking the upset, baby, Texans. I'm with you. Let's uh, let's ride this C.J. Stroud train until, until it stops, because I'm with you on this. They are a feel-good team, a feel-good story. There's a couple of them here, but um, I'm going with the Texans here. They are fun. They are good on defense. They are good on offense. Uh, they're going to be certainly very tough for the Ravens to stop, and uh, they're not quite as one-dimensional as a couple of the teams that they've recently um, beat up. But uh, right. they, they did beat up the 49ers. Uh, so that, they did. This could bite us in the ass, but uh, I'm going Texans. I'm going Texans as well. We are both picking the upset, and I absolutely (laughs) love it, baby. 
Maybe we needed LJ here to to tell us we're crazy. I don't know. Maybe but... it's possible. He's the level head one. He is the dentist. Uh, so he's yeah. Yeah, but I'm going. The to Ravens that. also. <laughs> we didn't even we didn't mention it. The Ravens are going to have uh, their new running back locked in in this game as well. So Dalvin Cook. Don't forget about Dalvin Cook. Yeah, he, he could. Don't forget he about could him. Upset the passing game. One. Passing game and the run game, so it, it could be tough. But I mean, they had a couple weeks for a bye. Mm-hmm. That can go one of two ways: either they are well rested and ready to go, or they're getting cold legs, like uh, stiff legs, mm-hmm. and they're going to come out a little lacking, a little lackluster in there. I cannot wait for this game. This is my favorite game of the divisional round. And it's the first game on the docket. I love it. Absolutely. I'm certainly buying a CJ Stroucher. Ravens fans are probably going to be pissed at us, but I don't know <laughs> what to tell you. I really don't know what to tell you. We're, we love yeah. CJ Stroud. Um, I mean, Nico Collins doesn't seem to be stopped by anyone at this point. Uh, the Ravens have given up a decent amount of passing yards, so you could see another 100-plus game for Nico. So um, if, they, if passing yards is what they give up, they could be in trouble there with C.J. Stroud. Also, Lamar Jackson is the MVP. So let's see you play an MVP game. That's how you beat the Texans here. Well, I, I'm saying that he's expected to be the MVP. He's not the MVP yeah, yet, yeah. at least. But let's move to Saturday night football in San Francisco, where we get to see the other number one seed on Saturday as well. The Packers and the 49ers are going to be duking it out. And listen, I thought the 49ers would, were going to be fine until I saw the Packers decimate the Cowboys. Now I'm nervous. This should be another good game. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Packers are a problem, dude, um, for anybody that faces them. They're a mismatch. Uh, I mean, with, with how good Jordan Love is playing right now and how well Aaron Jones is playing at the end of the season here and after the last game, they can run the ball on you effectively. They can pass effectively. He's using every single weapon in the arsenal to beat you. He's not one-dimensional in terms of who he's throwing to. The defense is getting a pass rush on people, which we've seen before. If the defense can get a pass rush on Brock Purdy, he does tend to get a little bit rattled. And uh, they were able to beat up the the Cowboys last this past week. And uh, they got a big rush on a better offensive line. So... This could be a very good game. Could be a blowout. The 49ers could put up, could, be. could shut up the Packers, or maybe the Packers blow out the 49ers. I don't know. But Whoa. I'm going to go with the Packers in this. I'm going to say go, Pack, oh, go. The seven double seed upset. is going to not only be the first seven seed to win in the playoffs, they are going to upset the number one seed, the stout powerhouse juggernaut 49ers in San Francisco. Jordan Love, baby, all day. Wow, you're picking the double upset over the both double number one upset. teams. That is insane, but it could happen. It really could. Getting March Madness well, action early in uh, <laughs> in January. <laughs> if Jordan Love pulls pulls this off, will he be anointed as a as a future Hall of Famer already in year one? <laughs> no, no, too early. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, but 
Yeah, this game, I think just like the Ravens, the 49ers should be nervous about a very dangerous Packers squad coming into San Francisco that is not afraid to put up numbers and take chances. Unlike the Texans, though, the Packers' defense is not quite as good as Houston's. So I think that could be the downfall. I They have been playing good the past few weeks, though. you got to give them it. They played very well against a good Cowboys uh, offense. And the week before, they played good in uh, week 18, too, to get into the playoffs. So yeah, they definitely have a chance. But I don't think they will be able to contain the assortment of weapons that the 49ers have. And Christian McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, um who else do they have there? They like the backup running back, uh, George Kittle. I didn't even mention. Like, they have a lot of dangerous weapons there, and I just don't think the Packers defense is going to be able to handle it. And for that reason, I think the 49ers will win a relatively close game. So I'm taking the Niners. There we go. We split. We split on that one. I love the upset. You know me. I, I love. I love a good upset. And um, unfortunately for the. Uh, Packers, I don't think they have a particularly very good run defense. Um, yes, and as I'm looking now, they're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Mm. Uh, so that may be tough for them, although they have come on here late at the end of the season. Um, but they do uh, they do put their front four there every time. They don't stack the box, so uh, that kind of attributes to that. They do put a lot of a lot more guys out in the secondary for coverage. So um, I don't know. But if you one, can't stop CMC, you can't stop them. So. Yeah. One one large note is that CMC was hurt the last time we saw him, which was what, like three weeks ago now, which right. I imagine I imagine he'll be recovered from it, but if he's feeling anything from that injury, he hasn't played in a while, so maybe he'll be running a little slower than usual. I don't know. That would be yeah. a huge boon for the Packers. And Jair Alexander did have a very good game last week. Um he did have. He got hurt, he, did he? Or did he come back in? He came back in. Okay, cool. Yeah, he came back in because he had he had one of their picks um, that was taken back. So uh, he he did come back in. He looked very good last week on CD, um, and CD is a better receiver than Ayuk and uh, and Debo. Uh, both guys very good in their own right, but he is better mm-hmm. than both of those guys. Um, so Jair Alexander, I don't know that he will blanket somebody and have a shadow option because they do have multiple good receivers um, but it should be fun yeah so uh like it's going all season i picked the underdog here you picked the niners uh that's enough with that one though let's uh let's jump to the uh the sunday games let's go to the 3 p.m slate bucks lions heck yeah in detroit baby the buccaneers and the lions this is an interesting one for me uh, the Bucks, they had a good win against the Eagles. They looked pretty good while doing it. But, but the Lions are not the Eagles, all right? The Eagles looked like they didn't give a shit, personally. The Lions definitely do give a shit. Um, I think this might be where the Buccaneers story ends and the Baker story ends. The Lions, I honestly think, could dominate in all phases and head on to the conference championship game. Yeah, the um, you're right in saying that this is not the Eagles. Like, the Lions are a team that is hungry every single game that they are out there. That's the way Dan Campbell has them playing. That's the culture that he's built. Uh, that's the culture I want in Philly. Give me, like, 
a Dan Campbell type, but um, it matches the city. So, like, his attitude matches the attitude of Detroit. Um, the players play it for him. They fight tooth and nail every single game, and they're going to continue doing that. They're going to squeak out ways to win. They're going to find ways to dominate. And um, the, the Eagles, on the other side, ha- have not looked like a competitive team for, like, two months now. Um, so the Buccaneers did dominate, but they dominated the team that also got dominated by the New York Giants. So, um, it is not the Lions. I don't think that they have what it takes to beat the Lions. I could be wrong. Um, these teams this year, I mean, the Packers are here. The Texans are here. The Buccaneers are here. Like, we have all yep. season long said the Buccaneers aren't that good. It's the best team in their bad, their bad division. Um, they could surprise people and perform, but like you said, I think that Lions have a little too much to offer. Uh, they're probably going to get a pass rush on Baker. Um, they have too many weapons there offensively uh, for, for the decent Buccaneers defense to deal with, but I think it's going to be Lions all day in this yeah, you got to remember, too, that Baker Mayfield is playing hurt. He's got bruised ribs. They're beat up. He's got a, a messed up ankle. Like, he was playing well against the Eagles, but, yeah, he gets hit a few times by these big bodies on the Lions' D-line, Watch and, uh, you know, things could change quick. <laughs> so Yeah, for sure. Uh, and Hutchinson plays mean. You know if he's in the way of hit, it's going to be a hard one. So um, yeah. that it, it could be tough sled in there for Baker and Co. Yeah, I'm I'm loving these matchups though. I'm literally like, like no matter who wins, I'm I like the team that's yeah. going through. I'm um, that way with every team except for the Niners. But um, <laughs> uh, I do like George Kittle though. I like George Kittle a lot. But uh, a lot of the Niners guys I don't. CMC I do like. George Kittle I like. That's pretty much it. But uh, we're not talking about them. So enough of that. Uh, anyway, we, <laughs> the Lions though. Um, Lions and Pat. Lions and Bucks. The a lot of the success the Buccaneers had was from missed tackles against the Eagles, uh, soft defensive coverage. I that's not how the Lions are going to play. They're not going to miss those tackles. They're going to hit you in the mouth. And if you hit them, they're going to hit come back and hit you even harder. So uh, yep. that's yep. going to be a complete opposite end of what they played, what they faced against the Eagles. So I'm going Lions, like you said. Yeah, I'm expecting some big plays from the Sun God Amon Ra. Let's move. I think we talked about that plenty. <laughs> Let's move to Sunday night football, the final game of the divisional round slate. Once this is over, we will know who the conference teams are that are going to be one win away yep. from Super Bowl stardom. Sunday night football, though, we got two stars that have met in the conference championship game a few times already in the past few years, and that's the Chiefs and the Bills. In Buffalo, though, this time, the last two times they met were both in Kansas City where they had the edge. Now it's the Bills' turn to have that edge. And this is going to be the first away playoff game that Pat Mahomes will have to face in his career. And to do it against an angry, aggressive Bills fan base is going to be tough. This should be a good game, man. Yeah, and uh, Josh Allen showed out last game against the Steelers. Um, He should have a good game against the Chiefs here as well. Uh, the Chiefs defense has been playing well, but they did get a little bit of benefit by facing the the line uh, the Lions, the Dolphins last week, uh, where they dark and cold and they're not great against relatively good teams. So 
Um, it's a little bit different of an opponent. I think the Bills are better all around uh, in this game, uh, especially since Kelsey. Like we said, we think he's on his way out. Rashi Rice is good, but he's no Stephon Diggs. Uh, I think the Bills are coming out with W here. Uh, it's going to be a tough game for uh, Patrick Mahomes and company. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything you just said. Uh, Rashi Rice, yeah, he's fully in as a receiver one, but the Bills' defense is going to be much better than what they were facing in, with the Dolphins' defense last week, a decimated Dolphins' defense at that. Yeah. The Bills' defense is one of the better defenses. So they're going to have trouble moving the ball. They've had trouble moving the ball all year against lesser defenses than the Bills. So, yes, the the Chiefs do play differently. They did play differently last week in the playoffs. They're, uh, they're a playoff machine, but I just don't. I just don't know about this one. This one, it's just tough for me to pick the Chiefs. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout game that the Chiefs just don't have what it takes to win it. I think I'm going to go with the Bills as well. Um, As long as Josh Allen doesn't throw any errant balls that go the Chiefs' way. That's like the only thing about Josh Allen you have to watch out for. I think I can also see... see some James Cook in this game. Uh, I think he's going to be a kind of an X factor. Um, obviously, Steph, Steph Diggs is going to do his do uh, his work, and Kincaid can show up as well. But I think James Cook's going to be the X factor in this because if they get him involved, uh, the games are pretty much not even close. What if we get a Bills Ravens game after this? The little Cook Bowl, Delvin versus Cook James. Cook Bowl, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be nice. Yeah, we're both taking the I Bills. I prefer to see Bills Texans though. So. Mm, true. Two teams that we both like to root for. Yeah. Well, we were on the same page for most of these. The only yeah. difference is you taking the Packers again. I mean, you rolled with them last week, and they, they did good for you, so why not roll with them again, I guess? Yeah, maybe I'll, if, they, if they win this game, maybe I'll get a Packers jersey. Yeah? Yeah. Get a Jordan Love jersey? Yeah. Well, Jordan Love or Jaden Jordan Reed. Love jerseys yeah, would go hard, to be honest. It would. <laughs> But yeah, so to a little recap, we both took the Texans over the Ravens. Uh, I took the 49ers while you took the upset Packers. We both took the Lions over the Buccaneers, and we are both taking the Bills over the Chiefs. Yeah, this is going to be, be fun. fun. Yeah, it should be good. Um, we're winding down here, down to eight teams left, the Elite Eight. Uh, so let's uh, bring it down to the Final Four, and we'll... See what comes of it. Who's going to make it to the Super Bowl? I don't know. Watch it not be the 49ers or the Ravens. Watch it be like the Texans and the Packers. Uh, that'd Could be you absolute, imagine? Absolute chaos. Uh, be mayhem <laughs> in the streets. I kind of hope it's be not, fun. I kind of hope it's not the Chiefs, just because they've yeah. been there so many times. I'm I'm over it. I think Lions Bills would be fun. Lions Bills would be fun. Yeah. I uh, shoot, I did a. I really think I think the Niners are going to make it, and I think the Bills are going to make it. That's what I think is going to happen. I think the Bills are going to make it, for sure. I fucking um, hope they do. Bills fans deserve to see them in the in the Super Bowl at this point. They really do. They've had so Most many are, so many letdowns. Uh, yeah. I mean, just going back to the the four Super Bowl appearances in a row, all coming up with an L. Like you got to at least win one. That's just so mm-hmm. brutal. And we want our six oh seven boy to get get a Super Bowl, um, get a Super Bowl win, 
Or at least play in one. Yeah, Day Day. Yeah. We love you, man. Stop the Chiefs. Send Travis home early. Send him to Cancun with Taylor. Send him into retirement a week after his older brother. <laughs> yeah, they're not. Uh, although I don't think Taylor and Travis will go to Cancun. I think they go someplace a little bit more exotic, but someplace you don't even know about. Like she probably yeah. has like her own island somewhere. She probably don't know. She probably does. And she's a billionaire, so. She, he, yeah, Travis Kelsey's probably going to post his retirement speech on, on like, some tropical island with Taylor in his arms. <laughs> <laughs> Want to announce to the, the, my fans, I love you. Uh, you've been great. Love the, love Kansas City. But uh, I'm moving with, with Taylor. We're, we're engaged. We're, uh... <laughs> yeah, I think that wraps it up, man. Yeah, that's a wrap on another episode. We're getting down to the end of our first inaugural season here. Uh best way to support our show is to leave a rating or review on all platforms you listen on and of course by liking our show make sure you subscribe to the flea flicker show on youtube listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts follow us on social media at flea flicker show and thank you once again flea flicker nation for tuning in until next time signing off peace Peace.